0: Hello folks, Dan Bird here on a Sunday right after Thanksgiving. So today's November 26th and I'm sitting in for Mike Zuber who is still on his river cruise. I think he probably is somewhere on the Rhine by now heading towards Amsterdam. Um, hopefully he'll be back soon, so look forward to catching up with him when he gets back. But I'm flying solo today, I'm going to do two videos today. One's just going to be a recap of last week and some concerns that I'm seeing short term. And then uh, the second one is a request from somebody from Wednesday's video that asked me about Tesla. So I'm going to spend a little bit of time looking at Tesla and uh, the rest of the um, Magnificent Seven as well in the second video. So let's get started. Let me share my screen first. Let's see. Okay. So here's the website. If you're interested in uh, getting the free newsletter, which comes out every Saturday, just go to breakpointtrading.net and click on this button right here. If you want to register, you can register your email so that you'll get alerted each week when it comes out or when it's ready. But it's not necessary. If you just want to come to the website each time and click on this button here, you can go into the... uh, newsletter. I'm going to actually use some of this in this part of the video. So let's first look at the S&P and see what happened there. I'll talk about some of the concerns that I have. So here's the S&P. And one thing you'll notice is that last week for three days, so this would be Friday was a half a day. And then Wednesday and Tuesday, really not much happened. It did go up, interestingly, but not by much. And it didn't Like there wasn't much of a range, but it did gain a little bit. However, look at the momentum indicators. The RSI relative strength is right at the top. This is when it sometimes will start to roll over, although it can stay overbought for a while, like it did back in here. But you can see when it gets over 70, a lot of times it will pull back. So that's what I'm kind of expecting to happen here soon. The um, PPO or MACD, is also starting to roll over. So there's a gap down here that probably will fill at some point, and it might be in the short term. So I'm kind of expecting, you can see the volume, very low volume last week, which is typical of Thanksgiving week. There's not many traders out there. Now, when they come back on Monday, um, this might continue to go higher, might actually break out of this resistance level because the Traders will be back on Wall Street and there'll be a lot more volume next week, but at the same time, they could very well take profits. So this is the time of year, the next couple of weeks, when mutual funds and and, um, a lot of big traders and even individuals will take profits in their gains for the year or take losses so they can have uh, losses to write off before the end of the year. That usually happens in the first couple of weeks of December and historically the first couple of weeks of december usually sees a pullback so we might see that again And i'll show you some things about that in a second the nasdaq looks similar although it actually looks the um, ppo is actually even closer to crossing over so and it's also hitting its resistance level right there on thursday it hit resistance and actually pulled back a little bit so the um the nasdaq actually pulled back somewhat But I'm kind of expecting the same thing here. There's a gap down here as well. So it may pull back. It might fill that gap. Filling it would bring it back to the 21-day moving average, which is reversion to the mean typically. So that's very normal. It actually would be healthy if that happened. So we'll see. I'll talk about this again when I get to, in the second video, with the Magnificent Seven, because they're kind of setting up the same way. So NASDAQ looks similar. Uh, We'll look at Bitcoin real quick. Bitcoin is continuing its its trend higher, although slowly it's moving back and forth sort of a little bit sideways, a little bit higher, continuing to kind of try to move higher. And the U.S. dollar, which is right in the middle, continuing its trend lower. So the U.S. dollar continues to to head lower. Gold is going up a little bit. Um, 20-year bonds are Increasing 10 year yields are decreasing, although they had a little bit of a um, rally on Friday back to four and a half percent. But I would not be surprised to see the 10 year yield get down, even down to four percent, way down here. Is that's where support is. So I wouldn't be surprised if it continues lower, gets down to around four percent. We'll see. <laughs> so let's look at um, next. Let's look at what happened in the markets last week. So here's the uh, the Dow. You can see the Dow, the S and P. Let me see if I what I can make this bigger. There we go. <clears throat> so the Dow and the S and P um, both gained slightly on Friday. Nasdaq lost a little bit. The Small cap and mid cap, mid cap actually did fairly well. Um, small caps actually had the best gain of, of all the indexes. So that's starting to fill out the, the breath, which you, we really want because small caps and mid caps have been lagging the rest of the market. And they might be starting to catch up right now. Look at the VIX though. I'll talk about the VIX in a second. That is unbelievably low. So when the VIX gets that low, what that means is we probably won't have big, huge gaps higher. And we also won't have huge declines. So if we do get a pullback, it will probably be a short one or, you know, but maybe back to that 21-day moving average. Um, the Dow, these are the main ones on the Dow, biggest movers on the Dow. J&J at the top. Disney, interestingly, is starting to gain some. Came off the low back there and. uh November at 80, and it's, it looks like it's heading towards 100 now. So Disney is start, looks like it's starting to pick back up. Walmart's number three. Even though they had bad earnings, you can see the big drop when the earnings came out. Um, Intel is actually surprising. So Intel actually has been a, been a big mover. Let's look at the NASDAQ, um, NASDAQ right here. iRobot was the number one, look at that big gap up. I think that was earnings on Friday. Um, most of the rest of these are not ones that I recognize too much. If we look at the uh, small cap, iRobot's there again, and also 3D Systems had a really nice move on Friday. Both of these came up on my screens on Friday. <clears throat> so there are ones that <clears throat> you might want to take a look at. iRobot had a 38% gain, so might be a good one to wait for a pullback, although it could just keep going higher. But 3D systems look looks very interesting right here. That's a, a 3D printer. Um, now let's take a look down here. Um, let's look at the uh, industry groups and the sectors. So sectors again, there's more breadth, but some of the some of the uh, defensive sectors are up near the top. So you can see consumer staples is number five. Healthcare is number one. And um, uh, healthcare seems to be starting to move as well. Healthcare usually likes the fourth quarter. That's when a lot of healthcare plans uh, go into their, their end of year and people sign up for their new healthcare plans for the next year. Energy is starting to pick up a little bit, making it a little bit of a comeback, but not much. Here's healthcare. Healthcare looks pretty interesting. Getting up near a resistance level. Real estate is up near the top. That's another defensive sector. Financials usually has, usually likes the fourth quarter. But technology and communication services and and consumer discretionary, these are the three aggressive sectors. They all on Friday were at the, the underperforming and at the very bottom of the list. So we'll see what that means as we go into next week. Again, it's kind of uh, reinforcing my, my thoughts that um, the market's due for a pullback. You can even see in the best industries on Friday, we've got um, utilities, energy, financials, consumer staples, real estate. Those are the best industry groups. Uh, with reinsurance being, you know, it's been doing really well lately. Pharmaceuticals and healthcare is doing great. Um, but interesting, let's look at the worst performing and renewable energy just cannot get a break. Renewable energy just keeps declining. It looked like it was it was ready for a, a rally, a little rally. and did have a little bit of a rally. Went from 250 to 300, but uh, renewable energy just has not looked good at all year. Internet index, which is where Google is, also meta. Those are two on the Magnificent 7 that we'll look at. They It's also pulled back, although it's had a really nice run. Computer hardware, where Apple is located, also had a really nice run, and it's pulling back some. This is just reinforcing my, my theory. It's semiconductors is also one of the bottom uh, groups down here. So semiconductors also had a really nice run, starting to have a little bit of a pullback. So I think that is a trend that might continue into the first or even the second week of December before we get a big rally at the end of the year. So for that, let me um, let me go to the newsletter because I want to sh- point out a couple of things in the newsletter. And again, if anybody is interested in getting this each week, just click on this button that comes here to this PDF and you open that and you've got the newsletter right here. IBD has market confirmed uptrend last week. Um, as Mike said, existing home sales, he said it might be worse than 3.9, and it was, 3.79. Um, <clears throat> but pretty quiet week overall, Thanksgiving, that market was closed. Next week, the big one that I'm looking at is PCE. Um, also, GDP is next week, so 4.9. This is still Q3 GDP. Q4 GDP is expected to come in at about 2.1. But this is a... <clears throat> A recap of Q3 at 4.9. But PCE and core PCE is is the one that the Fed will be looking at. And this one at 3.7 for last month, it doesn't have a forecast yet, but I'm expecting this one to go down. Now, we need to watch this, and I'll talk about it more as we get closer to the next CPI number in December. But I think we might get a flat CPI in December and actually a worse CPI in January. And we'll see what happens, that the next CPI number in December is literally the day before the next Fed rate meeting. So if it's flat, I don't think they'll raise. But if January is worse, a worse CPI, there's a potential that they could actually raise a quarter point in, in January. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that as we get closer. Uh, the ones for real estate, of course, is building permits next week, new home sales, 730, a little bit lower, practically flat, um, and then initial jobless claims and pending home sales next week at 1.1%. We do not have a jobs number, even though it's the first of the month. The jobs number will come in the next week on the 8th. And that will be really interesting, too, because it's it'll come in the week before the fed meeting and the, the next cpi so that's that's going to have a critical factor as well so let me show you this is what um from stock traders almanac what december typically looks like you can see inflation report is on the 12th fed rate hike is on the 13th options expiration on the 15th we've got christmas right there but look out look what happens at the beginning of december it kind of goes sideways and even maybe down into the middle of december But then, right after options expiration, and actually this third week of December is when it really starts to take off. And right about here, I put on here the Santa Claus rally, and we're going to start tracking that once it starts. In this case, it starts on the 22nd. Santa Claus rally, a lot of people think that it starts before Christmas, but it actually technically, and this is something that was created by Stock Traders Almanac, it was actually created looking at the last five days of uh the year and then the first two days of the new year so that's what we'll be tracking when that starts this is what it looked like last year so i tracked this last year um if all three of these criteria are positive then then historically the the year the next year ends higher so the santa claus rally last five days plus the first two days you can see it was kind of flat down here but it started to move up So it was actually up 0.8%. Not much, but it was positive. The first five trading days is the next criteria. Uh, Last year, in the first five days of 23, was up 1.4%. And then the third criteria for this January barometer is the full month of January. And the full month was up 6.18%. So you can see all three of these came in positive. The year ended right around 3,800. That's on the S&P. And I'm pretty confident that we will be higher than 3,800 by the time the year ends, the end of December. So we'll keep a watch on that as as we move forward. Talk about those already. The other thing to look at is the VIX. So here's what the VIX looks like. And um, actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the website, go to the charts section. And on the charts section uh, down here is the VIX chart. You can actually see what the VIX looks like. If uh, the VIX is above 20, bears are usually in control. If it's below 17, bulls are in control. Right now it is at 12.46, that's where it closed. And these are the lows, the previous lows going back the last few months where this blue line is, and it actually closed below that blue line. So the VIX is extremely, extremely low right now. And one of the things that I said in the newsletter, see if I can find it here, um, very positive in fact. The last time it was this low was almost exactly four years ago, November of 2019. And it stayed low until the end of January as the market steadily climbed higher. During that time frame, the market rose almost 7%. So keep that in mind, that end of January, the last time the VIX was this low, because I think the market is going to continue to rally into January. And then I want really want to see that CPI number in the middle of January, because if it comes in higher than expected, inflation higher than expected, then that could be the point where the market starts to really sell off. So last time it rose 7%, the last time VIX was at that point, of course, that also was the period just before the COVID crash. So we have to be careful of that. All right, so back to the VIX, there's what it looks like right now. The put call ratio is still elevated. That's actually a good thing because it means that traders are betting that there's going to be a big sell-off. So usually when, when it gets above 0.75 and especially 0.80, that's usually when the bottoms are put in. You can see here 0.85, the bottom was put in right there. And then uh, we're still at 0.75 right here. So. We're getting close to, you know, overbought territory. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a sell-off in the first couple of weeks of December. All right, so let's go back and take a look here at um, the... Let's let's take a look at the um, Kepler channels. This shows you extreme overbought levels. And you can see right here, the S&P is definitely extremely overbought. It it won't stay that overbought for very long. It normally will pull back to the mean. The mean in this case would close that gap, bring it down to 44.25. So that's 125 points roughly that it could potentially fall. So that's something that we have to be aware of, be careful of, because that's something that could could happen the next couple of weeks. Uh, if we look at the Keltner channels for the NASDAQ, it's also very overbought. it's It's in the three x level. I actually got into the four x level up here. So this one again could come back and close this gap right down here. So I'll we'll have to watch out for. Those are some of the concerns that I have with the market. Now, one of the things that's positive for the market is um, vector vest. Here's the vector vest chart. I put this in the newsletter as well. VectorVest just gave a confirmed up a confirmed up signal right here, Friday. So to get a confirmed up, a, a number of things needs to happen. It needs to be moving up. Um, the, the number one is the BSR, the buy-sell ratio has to be above one. And you can see right here how much that moved. So the week before it was at 0.95. It moved all the way to 1.1 in one week and really in three and a half days <clears throat> actually in one day it moved that much in one day so this was the day before thanksgiving and this was on friday that's a huge move for the buy sell ratio it's basically just that it takes the number of buys divided by the number of cells and you get a ratio um factorvest tracks 9,100 stocks now that, that includes etfs as well as leveraged etfs so <clears throat> 9,000 is a lot. It's not all just companies. So, But the important thing is that BSR uh, level right there. It finally got up there and gave a, a confirmed up signal. Now, you can see back here, confirmed up is the most conservative, takes the longest to trigger, and usually can last a little while. In this case, the last one lasted for a month. The one before that lasted for about a month. So there's a little bit of chop in this area right here. The one before that, this is back in January. That lasted for a month as well before we got a confirmed down. So that is really good news because these usually will last a little while. But even better is what I like is the DEW, which is an early warning signal. It's kind of kind of the canary in the coal mine. So you can see this one triggered back on November 3rd. So this has actually been positive for a while now. The market is just continuing to climb higher. So that's all very positive as well. We just have to get through the next couple of weeks as far as, I think, as far as the next uh, maybe a small pullback that we're going to get in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out on that. Um, we'll look at the growth versus value ratios. This is something I also put in the newsletter. But I've uh, I've heard people talk about the um, the 50-day crossing the 200, the death cross, and this is what I point out right here. Ever since the beginning of 2023, these are growth stocks versus value stocks. It's basically the Russell 1000 growth versus the Russell 1000 value, and it is a relative comparison meaning the first parameter, which is growth, if the if the line is rising, is outperforming the second parameter, which is value. So this chart is rising. That means growth is outperforming value. That means Wall Street is rotating out of value and into growth. The exact opposite that happened back here in 2021 when the market was hitting all-time highs, was the last all-time high for the market, growth versus value was declining. So Wall Street was rotating out of growth and into value as the market was hitting all-time highs. That was the signal that the market was ready to go into a bear market. That's not what's happening right now. You can see not only the uh, Russell growth versus value, but also large cap right here, Mid cap is also climbing. And even small cap has regained its highs. It hasn't broken out yet, but it's in the heading in the right direction. So all of these growth versus value indicators are showing that Wall Street is expecting this rally to continue. And I think it, once we get through the next couple of weeks of maybe a pullback, I think it's going to continue probably into January, sometime in January. So uh, all of those can be found. This is the Magnificent Seven. I'm going to talk about these in the next video. So we'll take a look at that at that point. So that's where we are right now. Uh, Just real quickly, let's take a look at renewable energy because that was the worst performing industry on Friday. You can see here, it's really had a really tough time the second half of 2023, continuing to go lower. And if we go back to... uh, go back here and take a look at the sector charts. We'll actually look at, oops, I wanted the sector charts. We'll look at, um, which stocks in that group are underperforming. So here's renewable energy right here at the bottom. And if I click on that, it brings up the top performing stocks, EVgo, Number one performing stock. Fuel cell, interestingly, is doing well. Just It's coming off a bottom, so we'll, I don't know if that's going to go very far. And here's Enphase. Enphase just barely had a, a plus day. And plug power also right near its bottom. If we look at the worst performing, you've got first solar right there as one of the worst performing stocks, Jinko solar. So the solar stocks, here's Scholl's technologies. The solar stocks are really having a hard time. Lately, look at that. So all of these all of these solar stocks are really, really doing poorly. Your solar edge also near the bottom of the list, just continuing to go down. So even though these were the darlings after covid or during covid, uh, they've had a really tough time and renewable energy in in general has a had a really rough time lately. If you're thinking about getting into any of those stocks, you need to look at the industry and watch the industry and it really needs to start breaking out back above these moving averages before I think it would be safe to get back into some of those. Unless you really want to risk it thinking that it's as far down to the bottom as it can possibly go, which may be the case. But that's what it looks like. All right. So uh, that's it for today. Uh, let's see if there's anything else in the newsletter. It's interesting. Talked about all of this, uh, these di- dividend stocks, by the way, uh, VectorVest has talked about these dividend stocks that that w- was in uh, U.S. News article, 15 best dividend stocks. Um, in VectorVest, you can put them in a portfolio. I actually did that for those stocks. The result was negative 10.5% for those dividend stocks. So you can't just go by clickbait or news articles. Look at the actual, what's actually happening with those stocks. In fact, on my site, I have a portfolio section, um, and I have the ones that I did last year, dividend candidates for last year. Uh, I'll actually show you this in VectorVest because it's up to date. Um, here's the portfolios right here. So dividend scans, here's dividend aristocrats, negative 0.31%. Here's the VectorVest blue chip scan. These These should be the best. Blue chip dividend paying stocks. Remember, this started in in January 3rd of last year, up 1.28%. And then I created my own scan using some very stringent parameters starting January 3rd. And mine is up 26.5% since January 3rd. And these are all the stocks you can see best performing are energy stocks, naturally. Um, I will do this again for the new year, and I will do all three of these and post the, the stocks that come up, whatever comes up in these scans. The big thing for my scan is I look for only companies that have an earnings yield that is at least double the dividend yield. So their earnings have to be performing twice as good as their dividend for it to make this list on my scan, which you can see 26.5 is pretty good. And by the way, this is only equity gains. This does not include any of the dividends that were paid out through the year. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, we'll look at that again at the end of the year or when I, when I create my, new, my l- new list. I'll put it in the newsletter, in fact. So that's it for now. Thanks for listening. hope you tune in to the next one where we'll go through uh, Tesla in particular and some of those other Magnificent Seven. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you soon.